Imagine a place where interdimensional wormholes routinely open in the sky and silent black UFOs cross over a threshold into our reality. A place where malevolent Native American witches take the form of grotesque human-animal hybrids and terrorize unsuspecting victims with inhuman strength, speed, and cunning. A place where intelligently controlled glass orbs filled with a crackling blue liquid harass livestock and instantaneously incinerate family dogs. Imagine a place where bulletproof wolves stalk the property and mysterious otherworldly visitors monitor your every move from a scientific observation booth. Now imagine that you know none of this and that you just purchased that piece of land. Welcome to Skinwalker Ranch. Hello, and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. Some weeks we break down one larger mystery between the two of us. Other weeks we pick two smaller mysteries on a theme and teach each other about them based on our own independent research. If you want to support the show, find us on social media at Unknowable Podcast, and look for us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. And find us on Patreon. Please become a patron on Patreon. Get a Mothman print. Yes. They're still available. Still available. Still awesome. Still awesome. Gray makes them himself. Handmade. At his apartment. Hand-pulled prints. Yep. In Portland. It's awesome. It's pretty sweet. People who've gotten them so far really like them. Limited edition. We're only going to do 25. Yeah. And then they're gone forever. Forever. And then there's going to be other prints maybe. Could be worth money someday. Could be worth money. But that's that's not the important part. It's not the important part. The important part is this right here. Unknowable. Unknowable. So, this is part one of three. Yes. Talking about the biggest topic we have dove, dived into? Dove, yeah. Dove in? (laughs) This is definitely the most intense topic that we have dove into. It's intense. It's really intense. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. Like, it should be noted that, like, like, three episodes... Even in three episodes, we're probably still not going to get to everything that's going to happen. No. Like, Skinwalker Ranch has cryptids, UFOs, like, paranormal stuff, cattle mutilation, orbs. Crop circles. Bigfoot. Poltergeist activity. Water snakes. Water snakes. Like, it's insane how much is going on here. Yeah. Um, So. It's basically everything. Yeah. it's, It's like the most active like paranormal hotspot that I've ever heard of. Yeah. We've got like Native American curses. Yeah. We've got Freemason yeah. grave desecration. Right. We've got it's always fun. Just an insane amount of stuff. Mm-hmm. It literally I mean literally everything you could think of that's like weird right. is in this area. Right. Super cool. You're it's if you whatever whatever part of the paranormal you're into Keep listening because we're going to get to it eventually. Yeah. It's going to come up somewhere. Even if it's just once, there's going to be something. There's, I mean, yeah. I just, my mind, like whenever I think about this topic, is just like racing because there's so much shit. So much. So. Fascinating. This is Skinwalker Ranch. Yes. Also known as Sherman Ranch. Yep. Which is the last name of the family who probably had the most bizarre encounters on the ranch. at least the most well-publicized. Yeah. They were the ones who kind of like brought this into 
the national consciousness. Exactly. Um, also known as the UFO Ranch. Yep. Um, 400, 480 acres in Utah. Yep. In Uinta County. I think so. Yeah. Uintna. Uint. Uinta. Uinta. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, bordered on three sides by the Ute Indian Reservation. So, like we said, this is the site of paranormal UFO, Bigfoot, crazy wolves, and skinwalkers, and yep. cro- everything. Everything. Yep. Orbs. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. That's the basic summary. That doesn't really sound like much, but no. it's it's a lot. It's a lot, because when, when we get into the nature of each of these different things, it's, it's pretty pretty wild like just describing yeah. something as an orb is just like oh okay like you yeah, took, a, you took sure. a photo and there was an orb in it but this isn't no these are these not aren't, those orbs no these are not those orbs <laughs> these are not just seen in photos these are like real life orbs no. in all kinds of different areas yeah. doing some really scary shit yeah yeah it's like terrible. one story in mind comes in yeah in particular mm-hmm. but yeah you're, you're gonna hear about that i feel bad for a lot of animals in this in this episode yeah yeah all right, so let's let's talk first about the sort of the history of this area because there's a long yes. and checkered past with just the this basin, but as well mm. as the ranch itself. Yeah. So yeah, this is the Uinta Basin. Yep. That's spelled U-I-N-T-E. Um, discovered by an expedition sent by Mormon leader Brigham Young. Classic. Yep. Yeah. Which so this is prime don't know why I didn't think about that. Mormon but territory. Yes, this is very much a Mormon territory. I think. The, one of the things that I heard was, like, something like 90% of the population in this area are Mormon. Or Native American. Yeah, with the other 10% being uh, part of, like, the Ute tribe. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Which is less than I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. But just typical, this area, of course, was solely Native Americans at some point in its mm-hmm. history. And, yeah, inhabited for more than 12,000 years by Native American tribes. Yes. And then white people came in and fucked it all up. Classic. And even yeah. the Native Americans, the Utes, they weren't originally from this area. They mm. were relocated from their more, like, fertile land that they were living on. Yeah. And the American government relocated them several times to this ranch. Exactly. So it's like, this isn't even, like, their their ancestral homeland. Mm-mm. Which, like, I, I part of me just thinks that, like, a lot of what's going on at Skinwalker Ranch is just kind of, like, cosmic karma just like catching up with white people in general big time because as we'll see throughout the story the native americans seem to have the sense to stay away from this ranch and white people are like what's the what can go wrong what's happening yeah yeah white people are always just like i'll go in there right i'll do that in the ghost story they're the one who goes back into the house yeah exactly yeah so when the expedition by sent by brigham young came and checked out this area, they basically reported back that it was a wasteland. Yep. Which, it is said that the area is a little bit more difficult, but definitely Mm -hmm. not a wasteland. But they were just like, fuck this place. Um, And then, the first white men to visit the region, so that was like with Spanish expeditions led by Fathers Dominguez and Escalante in the 1770s. And like, hundred or so years later, essentially like white people had said, fuck you, and taken over the region in the interest of mining. Classic. Because they realized that there were some interesting things they could get from the region. There's and gold in them there, Hills. Yeah, they wanted to get that shit. Um, yeah. So, at some point, they set up a Fort Duchesne. Yep. Military fort. Military fort. That um, was basically done to kind of protect the native population, right. from what I understood. There had been kind of a lot of, like, tumultuous back and forth between, oh, yeah, we're going to protect this land for you. And then, like, oh, just kidding. It's actually going to be this land. We're going to move you. And it was a lot of 
whatever, and the Utes were described as being, like, hostile and being aggressive, which, like... Can't imagine why. Yeah. I feel like, didn't we... We went into this a little bit with the, um... The Roanoke episode, yep. too, where oh, yeah. it was like, of course the Native Americans were described that way right. by the white people who came in and took over. And, like, gave them diseases and stole their land and then yeah. broke treaties and, yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> of course they were maybe a little aggressive. Right. Because you just came in and took over. Um, so, yeah. Do you so, have any more on the basin? Um, not the basin itself. Just kind of that... Um, the basin is now known as, like, a UFO hotspot. And yeah. Throughout history, even, there's been sightings of strange lights in the sky by everybody from the soldiers at Fort Duchesne all the way up through modern day. Yep. Um, the Fort Duchesne is interesting because it was a base for the Buffalo soldiers, mm. which was an all black cavalry unit. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Absolutely. They were all also apparently Freemasons. Yeah. So, which is According to the modern day thought of Freemasons seems unusual. Right. Like, I think when a lot of people think of Freemasons, they think of like George W. Bush mm-hmm. in the Skull and Bones. Like rich and where it's, powerful people. Yeah. It's all white men that yeah. are powerful and rich. Right. But. So, it's yeah, it's it's a little strange that these, these black cavalrymen, which, you know, the fact that there was like black people in the military back then was already a big deal. Right. Let alone Freemasons. So they were all at Fort Duchesne and doing whatever it is that the Freemasons do. Um, supposedly they're part of the Illuminati or the the trilateralists. Well, that's a whole that's a that's a whole other episode. Yeah, that's a whole episode. Freema- Freemasons is just a very deep topic as well. It's mysterious. They've got like yeah. their own secret handshakes. Mm-hmm. They've got the whole thing is shrouded by a lot of secrecy. Yes, they've got their own like sign language. Mm-hmm. They've got and there's just a lot of like. I guess a lot of rumors, essentially, because I don't think that many people really know for sure, besides the Freemasons. But there's a lot of rumor of these Freemasons being tied to a lot of spiritual and kind of mystical properties. Absolutely. Um, Like, in in this time period and even earlier, there's kind of mention of the Freemason groups being... You know, there's a lot of, like, alchemists and things like that that were Mm -hmm. taking part in this. So it just has always been seen as kind of a unusual mysterious group yeah like there's they're they're fucking with some dark magic basically yeah. Um, yeah, there's some shit whether or not they're actually doing it that's another question yeah but what's interesting is that um along skinwalker ridge which is like runs through the skinwalker ranch uh land mm. there's um this one sheer rock cliff and like a f- maybe like 10 15 20 feet down from the lip of the ridge there's a carving Yep. On the wall. So it looks like somebody had to rappel down this wall on a rope to yep. carve this. And it's a Masonic cross. Hmm. Um, so that's just a little interesting little side note in the Skinwalker Ranch history that Masons settled here. And because the Masons are so well connected to a ton of other conspiracy theories, this ranch is connected in some way to all of that. So yep. when we start to get into like what may be happening at the ranch, the Masons will factor in. Little bits here and there. Yeah. So that's just kind of a little interesting history of yeah. the ranch. I won't go into one of the <laughs> theories of that because that'll come later. Oh, yeah. We'll get there. But we will get there. Um, yeah. So essentially, they that was what was going on at the time. Um, basically, they started having kind of like these saloons and like brothels. So at some point Congress had made a decision to make the land public domain. 
So, of course. <laughs> Just kidding. You don't live here anymore, Native Americans. Yeah. Sorry. Your land is now public. Sorry. Which they didn't really fully realize meant that no law enforcement had any jurisdiction there. So up pops all of these saloons and brothels, and there were all kinds of, like, technically, I think the soldiers of Fort Duchesne weren't supposed to take part in all of that, but of course right. they did. <clears throat> and they would kind of wander home drunk and toss in a bunch of their bottles into this ravine, yep. which eventually became known as Bottle Hollow. Bottle Hollow. So this is another significant area. Yep. Um, this is an area, too, that directly abuts Skinwalker Ranch. So this is relevant because it's like, it's not part of Skinwalker Ranch, but it is directly right up against adjacent. the edge. Yeah. Um, so the Utes have long believed that Bottle Hollow is inhabited by one or more large aquatic snakes. Right. So what's interesting is Bottle Hollow didn't used to have water in it. Yeah. It was just a, an empty ravine where the soldiers would toss their bottles, but they ended up damming it and or damming a river and creating a reservoir there for mm. as like a water source. Yep. So... It's a very recent thing that there's water here. So, like, somewhere like Loch Ness, where there's supposedly this aquatic cryptid that lives there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's existed since the glaciers carved it out. So, it's a very old lake or whatever, yep. loch. And it is conceivable that some ancient animal still lives there. But if there's anything like aquatic snakes in Bottle Hollow then it's a very recent transplant because it was yeah. the, in the 1800s that it was dammed up. Exactly. And created. Yeah, and that, you know, eyewitness reports basically date back basically to the point when it was filled with water. So this, yeah, obviously there were not aquatic snakes living in this dry ravine right. previously, but all of a sudden, there they are. Yeah, it's wild. Um, Yeah, there have been, so tribal police officers say there have been like an inordinate inordinate number of drownings in Bottle Hollow. Yep. Um, and at least a few of them are, at the very least, unofficially attributed to this snake or these snakes or whatever they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was one case with a Ute woman swimming with a male companion. Witnesses said that she started screaming that something had grabbed her and was pulling her under. Jesus. Her companion told the officers that he went underwater to try to save her and grappled with a huge snake. Yep. And by the time he... Freed her and got her to the surface. She was already dead. Jesus. So, yeah. There's what the hell? Tons of reports of like the like in the moonlight being able to see like undulating giant snakes underneath the water, like mm -hmm. swimming down and back in the ravine. Which almost sounds beautiful, right? Except it's horrifying. terrifying. <laughs> yeah, like, what the hell? And what's interesting about this is like this is fully a footnote. Like this yeah, isn't yeah. this. We're not. We haven't even really gotten to Skinwalker Ranch yet. No. This is just like oh, like there's this weird ravine that was recently filled that has like aquatic snakes in it. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Right next to Skinwalker Ranch. Right next to it. Just giving you some context of how bizarre this whole area is. Right. Yeah. Um, there's also accounts of strange lights entering and leaving the waters. Yeah. Which is I've just I don't think I've ever heard of lights doing that particular thing. Right. Which, like, this is the, this goes back to the um, the orbs. Yeah. Like, so, I know that there's, a, like, there's types of UFOs that interact with the water. Hmm. There's even, like, there's USOs. Instead of Ooh. unidentified flying objects, there's unidentified submerged objects. Whoa. That's a whole nother. That's a whole episode. Right? Realm of UFOs. People have seen, like, UFOs hovering over water and, like, sucking water up into the UFO. Holy crap. So maybe they need water for whatever. That's why they come to Earth. Damn. We have a ton of liquid water. Yeah, we do. Um, so yeah, so the 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 orb coming out of Bottle Hollow is interesting because maybe hmm. it kind of connects to a larger mythology of, 
UFOs needing water for whatever reason. Right. Maybe it's dipping in there to like get some water. Right. And then it's like, see you later. Like regenerating. Or yeah. it lives under the water, or, like docks yeah. under the water. Yeah. Who knows? Freaking Very weird. bizarre. Yeah. In 1998, a police officer told um, the two journalists that we'll talk about later that he saw a large light plunge into the middle of the reservoir and then quickly exit before flying away into the night sky. And he said he couldn't even recall if he heard any splashing noises, which is odd. That is weird. Which, again, goes along with the entire idea of UFOs in general, that a lot of what people report is not hearing any noise yeah, from UFOs. Yeah, a that's, ton of that here. Yeah, that's that's a weird thing. Um, and then a few years later, they interviewed these four young men um, who had kind of been at the beach like with some dates, and they saw a blue-white ball of light fly out of the darkness from the direction of the ranch. Right. And it dove into the water just a few feet from the shore and then emerged a few seconds later. And while it had been in the water, it changed its shape. It had started off as round and then it emerged. um, I think they described it as um, a maneuverable belt-shaped shaft of light. (laughs) And then it did a, quote, brief writhing aerial dance and then zipped away. Kind of like hugged the ground and then disappeared over the top of Skinwalker Ridge. Weird. What the hell? Right. Like, what even is going on there? Yeah. They interviewed all four of these guys separately. They determined, like, they really believed that these guys were telling the truth. Yeah. They wanted to stay anonymous. Mm-hmm. So they, this was not, like, a reach Publicity. for... Yeah. This <laughs> was just very much like, hey, this weird fucking thing happened. It's wild. What the hell? And what is this aerial dance? Right. Which kind of goes along. There's a lot of mentions, I think, in... We'll talk a little bit more about this book, but the book that we are both reading on this topic... Yeah. ...does mention a few times that, like the sightings that various like creatures and crafts and things like do seem like they are not even necessarily like playing with people, maybe a little bit of that, but like right. trying to kind of tease people a little bit. Right. The term, trying I, th- to, like, I think it's trickster. Like yeah. there's like a trickster element to all of it. Like yeah. it's just kind of fucking around. Yeah. Like it has the power to do awful things as we will hear, but it chooses instead to just do these like weird poltergeist like activity and just things that aren't, dangerous but more just like annoying and strange and making you question your own sanity it seems like it's showing off sometimes yeah like that particular thing is like it comes out of the water and like does this little dance and then flies away like the hell was that right so (laughs) look at me look at me um yeah so essentially that is more or less the, the earlier part of the timeline um so in that was again in like the late 1800s we were talking about Fort Duchesne yep um, so in 1905, the first people to settle on what is now called Skinwalker Ranch, yep. um, was a family called the Myers. They just built a small homestead on the property, which is now, I think it's still there. It's just dilapidated. Yep. Um, on the Northwest corner of the ranch at the foot of Skinwalker Ridge. Um, so they had one strange occurrence. They had a strange visitor to the property. I couldn't really find any more details about what the hell that means. Right. Um, but they would... Later abandoned that original homestead. They stayed on the property and they made a new home on the eastern side of the ranch. So I'm not really sure why they abandoned that property. Maybe there were, you know, occurrences they didn't talk about. Maybe they just needed a bigger space. It wasn't working out for them. I don't know. (laughs) Um, So another interesting thing about the timeline of this whole area is, so that was 1905. 1906 to 1911, and maybe even a little beyond, people in the area start hearing these underground rumblings and explosions. Yes. What the hell? Right. Um, one of the articles described it as, quote, like distant thunder. Which Interesting. freaks me out to but think about. From coming from under the ground. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
heard both day and night, and this is, again, like, within a close range of the ranch property. Mm-hmm. Um, it was theorized that it was, quote, the slipping of one layer of rocks over another at some place along the Uinta Fault, which is, like, over 100 miles north and south along the base of these mountains nearby. But, like, okay, sure, yeah. I guess. That's a that's a decent scientific explanation, but... Yeah. Well, when we get into the theories, we'll explain what could be going on with the underground noises. Yeah. That's just... That just adds to, like, the weirdness of this this whole timeline, this history. Yeah. Um. So in the 1930s, the Myers family is still there. This is now the next generation of the Myers family. Um, and they stayed on the property all the way until 1987. They had no strange occurrences that they saw, at least that they reported. Right. Um. Although some of their neighbors had weird sightings. Yeah. So they just abandoned the property in 87. Um, throughout this time, like in the 1950s, hundreds of UFO reports start to like fly in, yep. in the area. Um, fly in. <laughs> hey Silently hover in. Oh, um, there's like strange fireballs. There's aircraft ranging in size from like 20 to 30 feet to the size of a football field in all different shapes. Again, like, just to further emphasize how much this area is, like, not just, like, a one-trick pony. Right. This is not just, like, oh, everybody's seeing these one type of UFOs or this one type of cryptid. This is, like, we've got UFOs described as round, oval, cigar-shaped, and triangular, Mm -hmm. uh, surrounded by glowing green lights. Some emitted these wavy red beams. Some shot colored lights from their underbellies. This Mm -hmm. is, like, everything. Yeah. Um, there was even like an entire class of kids that saw a cigar shaped UFO Yeah, that were interviewed by this guy, uh, junior Hicks, mm-hmm. retired science teacher who ended up writing a book about the weirdness in the area and the UFOs who interviewed all of the kids in the class. Right. It was like 30 plus kids, I think, and determined that like they really weren't making it up. Right. Like they saw something. 30 kids saw something. Yeah. yeah. So there's just weirdness happening. Um, in the 60s, that's when the r- local ranchers start to report cattle mutilations, mm-hmm. which continues into the 70s, which at that point, the highway patrol is getting so many UFO calls that the troopers just stopped making incident reports. It's wild. Like, that's how much this was happening. Is like, at some point, they were just like, okay, great. Right. Great. Like, we've heard it. Keep in mind, our, our story of Skinwalker Ranch hasn't even started yet. It hasn't even started. This is just building up. This is all building up to it. Just building up. Um, Junior Hicks himself saw a large orange ball fly over a nearby town. Before it, like, made an abrupt right-angle turn and then just zipped out of sight. Yeah. Everybody's seeing shit. Like, this was described as people, you know, as we've talked about before, like, people of all backgrounds are reporting stuff. There's um, some of the tribe police are reporting things, the tribe officers. The local police are seeing things. There's, you know, doctors and teachers and kids and everybody. Yeah. So this is not isolated. It was... Something that I read, I think, said, like, they estimated that something like 50% of the, like, local residents had seen something. Something, yeah. Which is pretty impressive. This was called the UFO capital of the world. Yeah. For a while. This is still, like, up there mm-hmm. with that particular title. Um, and then, basically, from 87 to 94, the ranch is just empty. Yeah, it's um, just been abandoned. Yeah, after that previous family left it, it was just sitting there, chilling. And then, that brings us up to... <laughs> Skinwalker Ranch. Yes, and now this is kind of when the episode starts. This yes. Is, so a family called the Shermans mm-hmm. buy the ranch. Yes. Um, husband and wife and two or three kids. Two kids. Two kids. Um, 
First, let's talk about Skinwalkers. Yes. Okay, yeah. What the fuck are Skinwalkers? So, okay, so this place is called Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. What the fuck is a Skinwalker? What's a Skinwalker? Oh, oh, oh. Let's tell you what a Skinwalker is. Skinwalkers are awesome and terrifying. Yes. They're they're a very interesting, um, like, they're their own kind of, like, cryptid almost. Like, yeah. they're, they're, they're part of a larger tradition in the world of shapeshifters. Mm. Um, in... The book that we read for this, um, The Hunt for the Skinwalker by Colm Kelleher, mm-hmm. um, just makes mention of like how almost every like civilization around the world has a story of a, a, a shapeshifter yeah. um, from like India to Egypt and American, like Native Americans and stuff. Um, but yeah, so skinwalkers are kind of essentially are like malevolent witches in Native American culture mm-hmm. that can take the shape of any animal that they want. Right. Um, they're, like, directly related and in opposition to, um, like, the the doctors or the medicine men mm-hmm. of Native American culture. Right. Which are highly revered. Yes. And generally do very good things. Right. But they're, so <clears throat> skinwalkers learn all the same things as a medicine man would, mm-hmm. but they just use their powers for evil. Yeah. Um, and even in some cases start off as just normal people. Right. I think the, the one way that you become a skinwalker is to commit an act against like, oh, I forget the, the phrasing that was used, but it's essentially you, you commit an act that's so heinous that it, it like mars your soul forever. And it, mm. com- it like, it extracts you from like the human experience around you. Yeah. Um, such as killing a family member. Killing a family member, denying food to a starving person. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to, you have to like sort of like commit this like atrocious act to become a skinwalker. Yeah. In order to gain these powers. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're always related to an animal. Mm-hmm. Um, wolf, owl, crow, coyote, but they can shapeshift into any animal they want. Right. Um, they're known to knock on doors, bang on walls, peer through windows, attack livestock, and harass unsuspecting humans yep. by appearing and disappearing. Um, and yeah, like you said, they can be found, legends of these can be found all over the American Southwest yeah. in all kinds of native cultures. The Navajo, Hopi, Utes yep. all have uh, skinwalker tales. Yep. Um, they the Skinwalkers also have like really wild like physical abilities. Um, oh, yeah. They... The human witch inherits the speed, strength, and cunning of the animal whose shape it has taken. Dang. Um, it can run faster than a car and jump mesa cliffs without any effort at all. Jesus. Which is horrifying to think about. Yeah. Um, hmm. They can also use mind control to make their victims do things to hurt themselves and even end their own lives. Dang. So the whole mind control thing, that's that's a... Well, there's a story in here eventually of, of a mind control... Not mind control, but... Uh, telepathic communication that yeah. comes up that may be related to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, skinwalkers um, are going to come up. Um, yeah, so skinwalker ranch's particular skinwalker seems to mostly take the form of a large wolf. Yes. Like a huge wolf. Giant fucking wolf. Really scary wolf. Um, observers say a lot of the traits of this wolf are not normal for wolves. Walking upright. Ugh, I yep. hate when animals are talked about walking upright. Yes, that the really The worst thing ever. Out. Um, that like bring, brings us back to like the Beast of Bray Road. Mm-hmm. It's the same idea, yes. like creepy wolf-like Bigfoot-looking thing. But yeah, you think like, oh, it's just a big dog. It's a big wolf, and then all of a sudden, it's like standing up and running, and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, like I'm never gonna go outside again. There's a story I haven't encountered it in this book, but I remember hearing it from the Skinwalker Ranch area about 
some guy like came upon there was like a a fire like there was like three dudes standing around a fire oh yeah smoking cigarettes yep. and this guy walks up and when he like gets close enough to the th- group of three people that that the three people notice they all turn to him mm-hmm. but they all have dogs heads yeah. on human bodies like wearing trench coats smoking cigarettes Ugh. really freaky the worst the yeah worst. I, that one of those images like there are lots of stories typically in the paranormal realm that stick in my brain so vividly that yep. like it's almost as if I saw it. Yes. Like you feel like I feel like mm-hmm. I when I think of that story, I feel like I'm looking at a scene of a movie. Mm-hmm. That's like I can replay it in my head perfectly. Yeah, it's terrible. So that's yeah, that's yeah. one of the the interactions. Um yeah, they're said to like have a crooked gait. They just come right up to humans in broad daylight, which is not normal for really any wild animal. Right. Um and researchers who analyze drawings and photos of the creature say that it most closely resembles the extinct dire wolf, which existed back in like the late Pleis, Pleistocene? Pleistocene. Pleistocene, yes. There you go. And early Holocene epics, which were like several thousand years ago. Yeah. So this is not like a recent extinction of like, yeah. oh, these went extinct 50 years ago. Weird. Like maybe there's still some around. This right. is like, we're talking like 9,500 to 125,000 years ago. Jesus. Um, and yeah, so this is kind of what they think is part of what's going on at this particular area. Um, and so some of the explanation of why this would be happening is in the early 19th century, the Navajo claimed the Uinta Basin and the future ranch site as their own, but the Ute attacked them, um, selling the Dine, as the Navajos call themselves, to the Spanish as slaves and claim the grounds for themselves. Um, the Dine retaliated with a curse in the form of a spirit that could shapeshift from wolf to human to anything, a skinwalker. Right. So from that point on, native people deemed the Uinta Basin unholy ground. Mm-hmm. Um, even, like, to this day, supposedly, Native Americans will not go onto the skinwalker ranch. Yep. Um, they say that it's the path of the skinwalker. They don't even believe that the skinwalkers live on the ranch, but there's a, a place called Dark Canyon. Yep. About 35 miles, which is creepy, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northwest, so that's where they say that the skinwalkers live. Right. But they hang out at Skinwalker Ranch. Right, for whatever reason. For whatever reason. Um, but yeah, indigenous people who believe in the skinwalkers like don't even like to say the name. Right. Because they're afraid that it'll attract skinwalkers to them. The uh, Navajo name for skinwalkers. Oh. I, I, I sincerely apologize to all no. people who know the native Navajo language. I'm scared. So I think it's Nagloshi'i. Okay. It's N A A G L O S H I I. Nagloshi. Okay. Nagloshi. Did you just summon? I fucking probably did because I just said did. it like three times. What in did a you row. Just say? Damn You'll it. You'll ever say anything three times. <sighs> Dude, Bloody Mary, Beetlejuice, three mm-hmm. times is bad. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Am I fucked now too because I'm here? Yep. Shit. We're all cursed now. Damn we'll it. see. Skinwalkers can follow you home. Great. Yeah, that's. We're not even, again, we're not even going into, like, the full depth of skinwalkers as we could. We mm-hmm. will probably at some point do an episode just on skinwalkers right. because they are, again, this is not just reserved to this one area. This is a worldwide and countrywide thing. Right. Um, but skinwalkers are scary. They are. And, yeah, they can follow you. They are not something to mess with. No. Um, so, yeah, so so this ranch is called yes. Skinwalker Ranch or, alternatively, it's known as Sherman Ranch because yep. what happened when the Shermans were living there is kind of the most widely publicized mm. of the occurrences at Skinwalker slash Sherman Ranch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so let's, so, okay, in 1994, yep. the, 
the family of the Shermans bought this ranch. Yep. They were from New Mexico, mm-hmm. and they decided to move here because they were cattle ranchers. They were very skilled cattle ranchers, apparently. Yes. Um, so they bought all this acreage because they wanted to be able to raise their prize cattle and do their thing. Um, they were Mormons themselves, but not mm-hmm. super devout Mormons. Yep. Um, they wanted to escape like the, seemed like the kind of the pettiness and the, I don't even know how to describe it, but they didn't like the small town feel of where they had been in New Mexico. Right. They didn't like all of like the gossip. Right. They didn't really take part in all of that, so they wanted someplace quiet. Private, quiet. Yeah. I mean, 480 acres. You got yeah. plenty of, like, room to do your own thing, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And they, like you said, they <clears throat> bred and raised cattle. Mm-hmm. Um, the book talks about, like, their neighbors, like, the standard for their neighbors who did the same thing were, you know, aiming to lose, like, 5% or less of their livestock per year. Yep. But they wanted to stick to like one percent or less. They yeah. did not like to lose their animals. They were which very. That'll, that'll come up later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, these are very like serious people mm-hmm. that yeah, are very like, good at what they do. No nonsense. Just kind of like salt to the earth. Like just classic cattle ranch people. They just love raising cattle. They love like the nature. They think that this ranch they moved to is one of like the most beautiful places they've ever seen. Oh yeah. And they're just psyched. Like they think they lucked out because they got this, this place at a, at a good price. Yeah. They were entranced. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a great way to put it. Yeah. The, the property even needed a lot of work just because mm-hmm. it had been sitting abandoned for seven years. Yeah. Um, and even despite that, they were like pumped. Fuck yeah. And yeah, they had tons and tons of land. Yeah. Um, but then they go into the home. Yes. Okay. Scope it out. This is like one of the creepiest parts of the story. Set the fucking stage. Ugh. Yeah. So they go into this house and they're like, huh, there's like heavy deadbolts. On both sides of the door. Yeah. On Inside like and outside. Cabinets, closets, yep. everything. Everything is bolted shut. Creepy as hell. The windows are bolted shut. Yep. Um, Like what the hell? I just can't right. even. And like at the, the front and back door, there's um heavy... Uh, metal brackets next to the door where it was clear that there was like a an attack dog yep. that was chained up next to the door. Yep. Um, so there's deadbolts on the inside and outside of both doors. All the cabinets were deadbolted. There's attack dogs. They were clearly trying to keep something in and out. Yeah. Like the fact that they would be able to deadbolt a door from the outside of the house. Right. What the fuck is going what on? The fuck? Yeah. Like keeping something in and like the... The closets and things like that creep me out too. Like you've got like a pantry or something. Yeah. And you've got to have a like what are you doing that you need to go into that pantry and is what are something, you hiding from? Is something like opening it and like moving stuff around in it or right. is something coming out of it or does something go in there and you need to be able to like lock it in there if it goes yeah, in there? Exactly. Like that's that's I could see like deadbolts, period, even if they were just on the outside of everything, is like, right. okay. Right. That's fine. Like maybe they're and the family, the uh Shermans yeah. were kind of like, well, all right, like maybe they were just paranoid, mm-hmm. but it's the insides of the doors that gets me. Like, yeah. even if there was something, yeah, like doors kept opening and closing on their own. I think one deadbolt on the outside is plenty, right? Like you close the door, you lock it, you're fine. But like the right. need to have a lock inside mm-hmm. some of these like indoor rooms mm-hmm. is freaky to me. And attack dogs. And attack dogs. Um, So they're kind of like, all right. Um, There was one of the weird clauses in the real estate contract was no digging on the land without prior warning to the previous owners. Yes. Which seems weird to me. It's not, right. I could see no digging on the land, like if there was some type of, um, I don't even know, some type of land law surrounding that, that like they had to report to somebody official. Right. But like they couldn't dig without talking to the owners. Right. What the, the previous owners. Yeah, that seems very strange. And like 
putting a limit on what you can and can't do with your like ranch seems strange because I feel like at some point in ranching, you're probably going to need to dig like either a trench or like lay like water pipe or I don't know, something that you're going to require. It's going to require digging. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If somebody told me that buying my house, I probably wouldn't care because I'd be like, when am I ever going to dig? Right. What am I going to do? But a ranch is a totally different thing. It's a weird little detail. Yeah. Put a so pin they, in that. They kind of, yeah, they just put all this stuff aside because <clears throat> they were like, whatever, we're just pumped. Yeah. Like, this is going to be cool. Um, so that brings us to the day they take over the ranch. Yes. The first day. First day. This doesn't waste any time. No. This is not like weeks. They've settled in. They're like happy. Their guard's down. This is like the day. Yeah. They're unloading their cars. And they see a giant fucking wolf. About a half a mile away. Yeah. Um, but it was much too big to be a coyote. Much yeah. too big to be a wolf. Like, they said, like, three times as big as any wolf they had ever seen. Yep. It was gray. Its pelt was wet from running through the grass. Mm-hmm. Um, it was basically just slowly meandering towards them from far away. Yeah. And they are just watching this, like, what the fuck is happening? And it's super calm. Yep. Super calm. Um, smells like wet dog. Yeah, smell so like it's a very like tactile. Like they could see that like it was wet from interacting with the wet grass. It mm-hmm. smelled like wet dog. Like this wasn't like a vision that any of them were having. This was an actual encounter with yeah something corporeal. And this is several of them. This is at least the two parents as well as their son. Right, I believe was there. So this wasn't one person saw this. This was three people at the same time. And they were standing next to their corral. They had just unloaded several of their prized Angus calves. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of the calves, when they noticed the wolf, they kind of like like grouped together towards the back of the corral, like away, like kind of trying to stay as far away from the wolf as possible. But there was one curious calf that had its head through the bars looking at the wolf. Yeah. Mistake. Very big mistake. Um, so it keeps walking nonchalantly towards them. Um they were very much kind of on edge, but also just like, oh, like maybe somebody around here. There's like, you can breed dogs with wolves. Mm. Um, so they were thinking like, oh, maybe like one of our neighbors like breeds dogs with wolves. And so this is just like yeah. a wolf dog. Just a wolf um, dog. Yeah. It's no big deal. deal. Well, it was so calm. And it, it, even before it went over to the corral, it, it was like letting them pet Yeah, it. Like he, this is a very docile animal. Right. And they, they did pet it, too. So yeah. they physically touched something. They physically interacted with something. Yeah. So they were, they're convinced that this is somebody's animal. Yeah. Because how else would this wild wolf be so friendly? With people, yeah. It's not a thing. So as it, right after they pet it, it then all of a sudden, with unbelievable speed, grabbed the calf through the bars of the, the corral. By and the started Yeah, poor calf. God. And started trying to, like, rip it through the bars. Ugh. Man. So they freak out. They're like, they're kicking it, punching it. The son had a baseball bat, starts hitting it with a baseball bat over its back. Yeah. And it's basically barely even notices. Yeah, no effect. No effect. So the dad, Tom, barks, get my Magnum, like yep. 357 Magnum, mm-hmm. the most powerful handgun in the world. Yeah. Um, took a shot at this wolf and landed a shot like right in its chest mm-hmm. didn't yelp didn't pause didn't bleed didn't even let go of the calf no reaction yeah nothing at all so he shot it two more times in the upper abdomen um by the third shot the wolf slowly and reluctantly released the bleeding calf calf scampered back and it was bleeding heavily from the head so then the the wolf kind of just like backs up mm. like about 10 feet but it's still just staring at them and yeah it's, that's the creepiest thing to me is it yes. doing all of this and it's just looking at them slowly they described it as peaceful yep. 
it was not affected, but it's like, it's, I don't even know what it's trying to convey there. It had chilling, hypnotic blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the dad asks to get the .30-06, like his hunting rifle. Yeah. Um, and took a shot. 40 yards it, away. 40 feet away. 40 sorry. feet away. Which, this is a gun that he had used to kill elk yes. at over 200 yards. It has a lot of stopping power. Yes. So it's, this, this wolf has already been shot three times with the world's most powerful handgun. Yeah, in Didn't the chest. React. Yeah, in the chest. Like, yeah. it should be dead. Should be dead. Very dead. So it takes another shot. Um, it clearly hit. They heard it hit in the shoulder. Yeah. Um, it recoiled, but stood calmly looking at Tom. He was fucking terrified. And Tom is not the kind of guy who, like, he's a very, like, sober individual who Mm -hmm. has been ranching his whole life. So he's not the type of person to be scared easily. Right. Especially, like, an animal because he's interacted with so many animals. So he's just like, there's something not right going on here. Mm -hmm. So he takes another shot. Bullet ripped through the animal and a sizable chunk of flesh detached from the exit wound. Gross. Which is disgusting. (laughs) Um, Still, the wolf made no sound. And then, with a last unhurried look at the Sun family, the wolf turned slowly and began to trot away across the grass. Yeah. So it's just like, finally, like, all right, fuck you guys. Yeah. You're going to keep shooting at me. It's not even, like, injured or whatever. It's just like, ugh, fine. Right? You guys won't leave me alone. You're just going to keep taking these shots at me. Mm-hmm. So Tom um, decides to give chase with his son, mm-hmm. Tad. Tad. Um, <laughs> unfortunate. So they're, they're, they're tracking him. Um the tracks of the animal were easily visible on the wet ground. You mm-hmm. know, they're experienced trackers. Like, he's like, oh, this is like, they were confident they'd be able to track the animal down. Oh, yeah. There's no blood. There's no blood trail. No blood at all. And these tracks are like, they said, up to two inches deep in some areas. Right. This was like wet. soft, wet ground. Right. Because so. it had just been raining. That's why, like, the pelt was wet. Mm-hmm. Um, they follow the tracks into a copse of trees. Um, and then they kind of lost sight of it. And so they're still tracking it. And eventually they get to the point where there's, like, a muddy bank that goes towards, like, the little river that runs through the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can easily see the tracks going on into the mud. And then the tracks just stop yep. 60 feet away from the water. Right. Way too far for the wolf to have jumped right. into the water. So it's just walking, 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 and then it's just gone. Gone. Yep. And there's no way it could have jumped. There's no where it could have gone. No. Nope. It's just vanished. Just gone. So yeah, tracks has... did not diverge in, over to anywhere else. They were just disappeared. So. Yes, yeah, so this is day one. This is day one. Day so one. So that, that, that's their, like, welcome to the ranch. I feel like I would have peaced out at that point. Giant, bulletproof wolf. Yeah. Yeah, I would have been like, nope. Yeah, if I had seen, I mean, that maybe by itself, but, like, after the experience with the deadbolts mm-hmm. and, like, Oh, these people had guard dogs, and then seeing that, I'd be like, yeah. bye. So, for the record, Done. that wolf got shot, what, seven times? Something like that. Eight times? At least, like, five times. Yeah. At close range. Right. And barely phased. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, yeah, day one. Day one. Yeah. So, so a few weeks later, yep. Ellen, the wife, yep. uh, came home. She's sitting in her car, and a wolf... Maybe the same wolf. Maybe. This one was a little... It looked different, though. That's true. She said it looked different, but also a very large wolf. She said its back was parallel with the top of her window. Right. So, like, this wolf, its head was over the roof of her car. Had to, like, bend down. To look to, in the window. To look in the window. And then it did that, which is horrifying to think about. <laughs> it did that. Um, and it was accompanied by a dog-like animal. Yeah. She said she couldn't really identify what type of dog it was. Right. It was all black. It was big, but not as quite as big as the wolf. 
And the weirdest part to me is that she described it as the head being too big for its body. Right. I'm not a fan of that at all. I don't know what that means or why no. some animal would have a head that's too big for its body. No. Nope. I don't want to know. No, unless it was just like that other skinwalker's friend. Right. Um. So she goes, like, these are very, I think a lot of these examples show, like you said, like how level-headed these people are. Right. In a way, because things that would have freaked us the fuck out mm-hmm. and been like, this is paranormal. Right. They were just like annoyed. Like right. she was just like, ugh, like... She basically got to a point with this second experience with these large wolf-like creatures was like, we can't be bringing all of our prize cattle here right. with all these wolves around. Right. So she's like, I'm going to go to the local tribal office. And again, they assumed that these wolves belonged to somebody. Right. And that the tribal office would know and they could maybe talk to these people like, hey, can you keep your wolves? <laughs> you keep your giant like wolves with their big heads right. in your property. Away from us. And the tribal officers were just like, what? Like, we don't know of anybody who owns wolves right. in the area. In fact, wolves had not been seen in this part of Utah for 70 years. 70 years. They were extinct. Yeah. So they, they were just like, oh, maybe extinction. it was a coyote. Like, right? that was not a coyote. No. Okay. I'm not an animal expert. But no coyote is standing at like with its head above a car. No. Even like a small like normal sized car. Mm-hmm. Even like my little like Hyundai. Even yeah, even a smart car. Like yeah. one of those tiny little fucking tiny cars. Yeah, no there's not a coyote. wolf or a coyote standing with its back no. level with the window. I'm sorry. No. That's horrifying. So, yeah, so and then they said over the next few weeks they <clears throat> would see these wolf-like animals like in the distance <laughs> mm-hmm. a few more times, but then all of a sudden it was like they were just gone. They're just gone. Didn't see any more. Um, They're gone so from the story. You think, you think like, oh, this is great. This is great. That part's right. done. No. Right. No, no, no. Um, just more weird shit's going to happen. Yep. So, late 94, mm-hmm. Ellen's going for a walk along Skinwalker Ridge. I have to assume they just didn't know it was called that because I wouldn't want to walk along something called Skinwalker Ridge. But no. Or live whatever. on Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> exactly. Um, so she's walking along. It's like seemingly like dusky time of day. Mm-hmm. And she feels this, like, rush of wind, like something big flew past her. Yeah. Um, And she, like, ducked. Like, it felt close enough to her that she ducked instinctively to be like, shit. Um, She said it felt as though it had only missed her by a couple feet. And then she's kind of looking around, like, what the hell? Didn't see anything. So a few minutes later, she is walking, and then it happens again. Felt even closer. She thought she should have seen, like, some type of silhouette or something. Didn't maybe see anything. She thought maybe it was a bat, but it was too big to be a bat. Exactly. Like, that was all that made sense because it was dark enough that, you know, typically birds don't fly around in mm-hmm. the night. So she's like, what the hell? Um, and so she just decides to go back to the house and not really mention it because she was just like, that was weird. Which is kind of the first in a string of weird things that happens to her that she kind of just keeps to herself because she's just like, nope. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, and there's a lot of that where it's like like that that particular like two things swooping by your head and not knowing what it was. Mm. That's a very innocuous thing. Yeah, exactly. But when you couple that with everything else, it's just kind of these little these little bizarre experiences that when you start to add them up, you're like, there's like what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. Like the there's... wolf the wolf things are pretty dramatic. Yes. But that like of just something like flying by her head, it's just like something's there, something's interacting with her, and something's mm. freaking her out. But it's not dramatic enough for he to her to even mention to Tom. No, she just kind of is just like, oh, like that's weird. Yeah, keeps it to herself. When you got to think too, like they've got two kids who aren't like young, young, but these are like teenagers. Yeah. There must have been some desire, I would think, to like not freak out the kids unnecessarily. Right. If you don't know, like you didn't see some bizarre thing. Right. To be like, hey guys, what the hell? You're just like, well, whatever. It could have been a bat that she just didn't see yeah, or something. Right. It could have just flown off and, yeah, she just missed it. Yeah. Um, 
So then at this point, she starts having experiences at home where she's kind of questioning if her, like, memory's going. Right. Just little things like she would leave a utensil on the counter and go outside, and then she came back and it was gone. And she'd find it in the in the freezer. Yeah, in weird places later. Yeah. Um, that happens to me now, but I'm pregnant, so <laughs> it's probably not paranormal. Oh, I no. legit was eating tortilla chips the other night. Next day, was like, oh, man, I really want some more of those chips. Couldn't find them. Yeah. And I was like, did I really forget that I ate, like, the rest of the bag? Like, I'm pretty sure I didn't finish the bag. And then the next day, I go in the freezer for something unrelated. The chips are in the freezer. Nice. Yeah, I put Classic. them in. I don't know why I put them in the freezer. Wasn't getting anything out of the freezer. Maybe there's a skinwalker in your house. Oh, shit. Well, there is now. Fuck. Oh, right. yeah, now there is because I said its name three times. Damn it. Um, yeah, so she just, again, she very level-headed. Yep. Not wanting to jump to conclusions. Thinks that the kids are just fucking around with her. Right. She assumes that it's just the kids. It's very possible. Um, but then, one night, Tom comes in. Yep. He's outside trying to fix a fence. He's pissed. He's super pissed. He's right. irate <laughs> that somebody hid his post digger. His post digger, yep. Which, this is a 70-pound <laughs> tool. Yeah, if this you've is... ever seen it, it's kind of like a, vaguely like a nutcracker-shaped thing. Yeah. But it's, like, huge. It's big. And you just, like chunk it into the ground and then like pull it together and it pulls up a piece of earth. So it's, it's like a big intense. heavy piece of like mach- not machinery but like yeah. a big heavy tool. Yeah, this is not pounds. a spatula. No. I mean even that popping up in the freezer is weird, but yeah, yeah. you can think like oh I was distracted mm-hmm. whatever. Um yeah, he had he's wondering who the hell hit it, right. which I don't know what they think of their kids that he's just like assumes that like his son went out there and like yeah. fucked around with him. Right. But Ellen was like no, like we've all been in the house for like a couple hours now. He said that he had, like, left it on the ground, walked to his truck to get a wrench, and then came back a few months later and it was just gone. Right. The family went out and helped him look for, like, a half an hour, didn't find anything. Right. They later found it in a tree. In a tree. In a fucking tree. Like, way up in a tree. This is not something, like, Tom didn't do that accidentally. No. He didn't, like, black out and fucking (laughs) swing around that thing like you do with the, what is that? The shot put? Yeah. the... The shot putter, like the hammer throw. Yeah, where you'd spin around in a circle and like toss something super heavy. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure he didn't do that right. and forget and be like, oh, whoops, yeah, that's right. I like shot it up into that tree. <laughs> Oops. This is a 70 pound thing. This did right. not blow up into the tree. Right. There's no explanation and for this. This is where it's weird because, like, all of these things, like Ellen misplacing or like things disappearing on Ellen, this post digger. Um, there was another time when um, someone, Tom's pliers had disappeared while he was using them. Yep. Um, they're all kind of like, like poltergeist yeah. activity. Like if you ha- if this was in like a haunted house or somewhere, like you'd be like, oh, like there's a ghost that's moving shit around. Like right. that's classic poltergeist. And again, very trickstery, right? In right. the sense that it's not harmful or damaging, really. It's just messing with you. Mm-hmm. Like the pliers, he literally left them turned around, and then when he went back to the fence post, they were gone. They were gone. So yeah, they're just being messed with. Um, and this is when Ellen decides that she's going to confess having similar experiences. And the book says this is when Tom knew that something was wrong. I don't know how it took him this long, honestly. Right. I knew something was wrong immediately. Right. But, um, Tom's now like, okay, something's weird is happening here. I like the story of Ellen. She, she brought home a whole bunch of groceries Mm. and so she like takes all the groceries in, you know, it's like 10, 15 bags of groceries. Lays them all on the table and then spends a good, like, hour and a half putting all these groceries away. Oh, yeah. Um, And then she goes and she does something else and she comes back, like, 20 minutes later. And all of the groceries are unput away. Like, they're back in the bags that she originally brought them in 
all on the table where she left them. That is terrible. Exactly like it was. Again, like, it is, it's not damaging, I guess, in the sense that it's, like, violent, but it is in the sense that you would totally think you were going nuts. Oh, yeah. You'd be like, how did I just imagine... That you spent an hour and a half putting away groceries. Like, what did I just do for an hour and a half if I didn't do that? Like, how did I black out a whole chunk of time? And even then, like, how, how, like, even if we're going to go with a theory that, like, her kids are fucking with her. Yeah. How are they going to go through all of the different, like cabinets that she just put all the shit away in take it out put it back in the bags and put it all on the table like in the span of 20 minutes when it took her an hour and a half to like unpack them right like it just it does not make sense it's not physically possible and it doesn't make sense as a prank no and maybe that's why they wanted to lock the cabinets from the inside right (laughs) they're like you know what i gotta keep my shit in there all right because people keep unpacking them yeah so shortly after these experiences tom's nephew dave comes to visit He's like city boy. Yep. Also a teenager. Just He's like similar to, <laughs> yeah, similar to like Tad's age, it seemed. And he's coming to help with the ranch. Yep. So the three of the boys go out one night. Yep. Walking around the property. Mm-hmm. I think it said that like Tom wanted to, like Dave was a little bit afraid of being out, you know, in the country in the dark. Yep. So he kind of wanted to help him out with that, which this just did the total opposite. Oh yeah. Um. So they're like just walking around the property. And then Tom sees the lights of, like, what he thinks is an RV trespassing on the property. Like, about a half mile to their west. Yep. Again, despite all this weird shit, his first thought is just, like, fucking trespassers. Yeah. Like, assholes. It it apparently was not a new thing for people to, like, either accidentally or on purpose come onto the ranch property. I mean, again, it's a big property. Yeah. So people coming on the property to, like, hunt or to do whatever is, like, not out of the ordinary. Right. Um, So they kind of pick up their pace because he wanted to you know, say something to these people. Right. And they get about 200 yards away. The RV starts to move away from them. As which if they knew that he was there. Exactly. Which he thought was weird enough because like, he's like, how could they have seen us? It's They're like out dark. in the dark. Yeah. In the middle of like a big pasture. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of break into a jog at this point. And then Tom's kind of wondering as they're chasing this RV, how is it moving so smoothly when the ground is not even? Right. They're it's like, like, it's not on a road. Right. There's no paved roads here. No, there's like ruts and stuff. Like he's looking down at the ground to make sure he's not tripping on anything. Like how is this vehicle not bouncing? Right. Um, and then all of a sudden they notice that the lights from the vehicle, so there's headlights in the front and like a red light in the back, mm-hmm. seem like they're rising a few feet off the ground. Yep. And it even like passed over a few smaller fences right. on the property. So he's like, uh, so now they're running. Mm-hmm. And they're getting close to the end of the property, like this last pasture before there's a five foot barbed wire fence yes. and a row of trees. Right. And he's like, again, Tom is like still not in the mindset of like, this is fucking weird. Right. He's just like, yes, I'm going to catch them. Right. And at this point, he's wondering why this whole time they haven't heard an engine mm-hmm. on this vehicle. Completely again, silent. completely silent. And they get to the end. The RV lifts further into the air. And then silently flies over the tree line, which yes. is a good 50 feet high. Jesus. And that's when he notices that it's not really RV shaped. It's shaped kind of like a large refrigerator. Yep. And shortly after this, Dave leaves the property and his parents tell them that he's not coming he's back as long as they back. live there. He's the one smart person in this whole story. Yeah. He is the one person who got the hell away. Um, and they have no freaking idea. What just happened? What the hell that was? So like, it was a, it was like a shaped like a large refrigerator, mm-hmm. and it had a one single headlight in the front and one single red light in the back. Yeah, and it flew away silently over a fifty foot tree line. So there is a a a type of UFO encounter 
that exists mainly in South America, it seems like. Hmm. Um, they're called chupas. So cute. Right? Sounds chupas. so cute for something that's I think so... there's actually a brand of lollipop. Oh, yeah. Chupa chupas. Chupa chupas. Yeah. Oh, man. What right? the hell? Right? What does chupa mean? I don't know. Huh. Weird. Like, ruins that for me. So, <clears throat> Dr. Jacques Vallée, who's a famous um, UFO researcher. Cool. Um, sort of, like, did this whole study in Brazil and some other countries in South America where he basically was finding out about these sightings of chupas, like, mm. which they're described almost identically to what Tom and his nephew saw. Um, they're shaped roughly like big refrigerators with a single light in the front and a red light in the back. Crazy. Um, and so people would see them. And the, the scary thing is that these chupas kill people. Oh, yeah. They are said to emit this really bright light. Um, like a powerful light beam that when it would hit people, it would like fly up and it would hit you with a light beam and you would immediately like stop moving and it would hold you in place. Like it felt like rocks were put on your chest and stopped you dead. That's terrible. Um, and they make humming sound like a refrigerator or a transformer. It doesn't change when the object accelerates. Um, and it doesn't seem large enough to contain a human pilot. Um, so it will attack you with this light that for whatever reason, it like searches you out, hits you with the light. Um, and 35 people in just this one town were, had interactions with this and they all had medical injuries related to it that were very similar to radiation poisoning. Hmm. Um, so after you were hit with this light, it would cause intense reddening of the skin in the affected area. Later, the hair would fall out and the skin would turn black. There was no pain, only a slight warmth. And one also noticed small puncture marks in the skin. Um, So a a comprehensive list of all of the physical effects that people had felt from these chupas in Brazil and South America. Feeling of weakness, dizziness, loss of sensitivity, numbness and trembling, pallid complexion, low blood pressure, anemia, blackened skin with hair loss, um, puncture marks, um, but no nausea, no diarrhea. Hmm. So nausea and diarrhea are symptoms of radiation poisoning. Mm -hmm. A lot of this is also similar to radiation poisoning. So it's almost like there's a, a, some kind of radiation being emitted by these chupas. Um, and even this one person described when they were hit with the light, um, when they tried to scream, no sound would come out. Ugh. But their eyes remained open. That's terrible. Isn't that frightening? That's terrible. So these chupas are very similar to what um, Tom and his nephew saw on their property. Yeah. The refrigerator-shaped UFO with a light in the front and a red light in the back. So nothing, like... They didn't get hit with this light like Tom and his nephew didn't get hit with this light. Right. But, like, they were terrified of it, and they were pretty lucky that they didn't get fucked up. Oh, yeah. And it's weird that, like, this whole, like, I doubt Tom was aware of the existence of chupas. Right. I hadn't heard about chupas until I read this. No. So, like, and we're fairly well acquainted with paranormal things. Yeah. So I I find it hard to believe that this, like, rancher in Texas knew about, or in Utah. Wow. 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 How dare um, you? <laughs> knew about chupas in like Brazil and South America. Right. It seems very strange. So he's describing something that's almost identical to these other things far away. Yeah. Like independently. Exactly. It's interesting. Yeah. It's a weird. So this is only one type of UFO that's seen 
here. Exactly. Too. Like, One of many types. Yeah. Yeah. And la- a few weeks after that, Tom and Ellen saw another yes. presumed Chupa. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're out walking around, which like, I just don't even... The number of times these people go for walks at night on this property right. is mind-boggling. Yeah. But they're walking around. They hear this like loud metallic sound that sounds like metal clanging against metal. Mm-hmm. Sound like it was coming from above them. Yep. In the darkness, which is, ugh. Yep. Again, I just feel like at that point I would just run. Yep. I'm not like sticking around to be like, hmm. What's going on? But then they see a bright light in front of them, 100 yards away. And again, they don't know how Tom assumed this in the context with having already seen this, but he assumed that it was like some lost miners. Mm-hmm. So right. they go to check it out. Because, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, why not? Of course you would do that. Um, and like they kind of repetitively get closer to this vehicle or whatever it is. And as they get closer, it will kind of lift off the ground and move about 50 yards away and then settle back down. Right. Again, totally silent. It just keeps, like, every time they get close, it's like it wants to keep them. It's seeing them. It's aware of them. Yeah. Wants to keep them kind of at arm's length, but it's not going to completely take off and leave. Right. It's just like, nope. So they, for again, for whatever reason, just keep going after it. Um, and then, finally, they hear that metallic sound again. They turn around, and when they turn back, the vehicle is seemingly gone the lights gone they can't tell if it's actually gone or if it's just turned the lights off so they kind of go up to where it should be but there's nothing and they don't see any tracks on the ground so what the hell what did they see what the hell did they see um so then at this point we're like deep into winter it's super fucking cold Mm -hmm. the book describes tom as just like skulking around the property at night trying to like get good glimpses of this weird stuff so like Dude might not want to have admitted it, but he's, like, starting to crack. Yes. And this is, again, they moved in in the fall. Yeah. So this is not... A couple months later. Yeah, this is pretty shortly after. Um, so he's just doing that every night. Um, one night he saw this weird craft just hovering, like, 15 or 20 feet above the snow. Yep. Just chilling. Uh, short matte black wings, an odd angle design. And it seems like it's methodically searching for something. Yes. He said it looked like it was quartering the ground. Mm-hmm. It had these like colored lights that came from underneath it like it was searching. Called it disco lights. Yeah, disco lights. Yep. And then he said like literally he described it as like stretching. And you know like you stretch and like your bones kind of make those cracking noises. Mm-hmm. The like craft seemed to hear that. Yeah. Like as if it knew, suddenly knew he was there. And the lights just instantly shut off yeah. when he cracked his bones or whatever. And then it... Flew away silently. Which is frightening. So, so frightening. The craft that he saw was like a, it was almost like a triangle, but like with a, a blunt cut off in the front. So mm. it was like a. Snub nose. Snub nose triangle. Yeah. Um, completely different from the chupas. Mm-hmm. This is like a totally different thing. Um, it's about 40 feet long. Uh, it looked like an F-117 or a B-2 bomber. Hmm. Um, yeah. And he, he wouldn't have noticed it unless it was wintertime and there had been like it was silhouetted against the snow exactly yeah it would have been completely invisible in the darkness right so it's just like freaky to think about too yeah right and like that shit happens for some reason like the disco lights freaks me out too like yeah it's it's searching for something casting this light along the ground like what is it looking for the hell is it looking for and it clearly wasn't tom because when it became aware of tom's presence it's weird because it's simultaneously not aware of tom's presence Mm. until he makes this very minor noise like super which is freaky enough that, like, it's not like he saw a animal or, like, a, you know, a figure, like a person or something. Right. 
which even that, I mean, if it's at a little bit of a distance away, like that's even is impressive that it would hear that. Mm -hmm. But like a craft right. heard his like, yeah, that subtle sound of your bones cracking when you stand up. Right. And it was like, oh shit, and left. Yeah. Which again, it as much as some of these things will do some violent things at some point, at this point at least, it seems like they're very kind of curious and like kind of doing their own thing, but they don't really want to be approached. Like right. that... The first refrigerator thing, like, is trying to escape them. The second one's moving away. This one's leaving as soon as he, it hears him. Like, it's not, they're not trying to, like, directly fuck with you. Right. Um. So then, a few weeks after that, yep. Ellen's coming home. She has the night to herself. Mm -hmm. Tom's, like, on a business trip and the kids are with their friends or whatever. Right. Which, I gotta say, there's no way. No. I would, like, I would have just gone anywhere yep. if I, like, knew I was going to be home for the night. I'd be like, nope, I'm going to go find a friend to stay with. Like, I'm going to stay in a hotel. Yep. I wouldn't even I care. I'm not staying on this property by myself. Yeah. I would have gone with Tom on his business trip. Like, yep. don't care. So she's coming home. Um, she closes the entrance gate to the property and gets back in the car. And then she notices what seems like a dark cloud move over. Yep. Uh, but this is a clear evening. So there's mm -hmm. no clouds in the sky. Right. And she looks up and sees a large black triangular object moving. Just like Tom exactly. Pacing her car as she drives along the dirt road. No noise. 20 to 30 feet up. Saw these little multicolored lights, these disco lights. Yep. On the ground on either side of the car. Um, she pulls into the driveway and the craft just keeps going west over the house and she loses sight. Yep. So she calls Tom at his hotel and he kind of calms her down. And then she like goes inside. Yep. Has some dinner. Yep. She's probably a little shaken, but she's yeah. like, whatever. This is one of my favorite, <sighs> one of my favorite encounters. This is like, yeah, this is definitely one of the creepiest ones. Yeah. Um, so she's doing some dishes, yep. looks out to the west, and sees what looks like a large RV parked in the pasture. Which, yep. that by itself. It's super freaky. This is not, she said, no more than 200 yards from the window. So, mm -hmm. like, I have to assume, whether you were coming out of the property on purpose or on accident, like, you wouldn't park that close to, like, an obvious right. house with lights on you would go much further away. Like, it had plenty of room to go. Oh, yeah. But she also didn't know how it even got onto the property because there's yeah. only one entrance. She should have noticed. Yeah, she would have noticed that. <clears throat> so she said the interior was brightly lit and she could see what looked like a desk inside. Yep. What the fuck? Right. Um, and then this black figure moves into view. She seemed, it seemed like it was wearing some type of black uniform, including some headgear or like a visor. Yep. And sits down at the desk. Yes. Which, like, such a subtle thing but so creepy so freaky Ugh. and so suddenly the figure stands up and walks to sort of like the light filled doorway seemingly like facing the house yes. like this is like the entrance to the rv we'll assume mm -hmm. and she said the size of the figure gave her chills if it had been a typical rv sized doorway it this figure would have been like seven feet tall Ugh. and he seems like he's staring right at her yes she's yeah like Ugh. and I'm, I'm picturing my own house like because my window behind the sink if I was doing dishes like looks into our yard right which of course is like nothing like I mean I would never live in I know you would live on like a farm like this yes the idea for me of looking out my back window and just seeing nothing right. like just darkness is too much to handle is it interesting like I really like that you know my yard is just like a normal length and mm -hmm. then there's a street and there's lights and there's a house and it's like a school and it's like yay yeah if I just looked out there and just saw nothing but an RV. But an RV, yeah. Yep. Freaked me out. Um, so then she, nothing really more comes of this besides she closes the drape, she calls Tom. She's apparently panicked enough that he's like 
fuck this business trip and leaves. Coming home. He drives all night, gets home in the morning. They go out to investigate where it had been, and they didn't see any tracks, but they saw huge footprints, yep. almost 18 inches long. Yep. With no, like, ridges or anything in the footprints. They're just smooth with a prominent rounded heel. Right. So if somebody was seven feet tall with 18 inch long feet. Yeah. With a prominent heel. Yeah. And like smooth boots. So like what's interesting about this smooth whole. Smooth boots. Smooth boots. <laughs> what's interesting about this whole interaction is that there's like, there's somebody at a desk mm. just sitting there observing. Yeah, what the hell? There's like, there's like a, almost like a scientific aspect to it. It's almost like how we would sit and observe like monkeys yeah. or like some animal we would just sit and watch and we'd be at a desk we'd be filing paperwork like the fact that he's sitting at a desk just makes me feel like whatever the fuck thing that she interacted with there yeah was just at work like it was right. just nine to five you know what i mean yeah. like just went to work that day and like he got assigned to watch the shermans yeah. at their house and, and he's, he's just like, just like she's just like doing the dishes Damn like there's so what boring. am i doing and then she, he notices that she's looking at her, and he gets up and is looking at her. She, she says that she felt his cold gaze, Ugh. which is freaky. Terrible. But, like, why? Like, so right. they're clearly being observed by something. Like, the aircraft are all, like, seemingly looking for something. Mm-hmm. Um, the RV. So is this RV supposed to be one of the Chupas? Right. So maybe this RV has the ability to, like, fly. And mm. so, like, that's what's going around. So it's like a mobile science station thing right. that's floating around and doing all this like weird and they're just studying observation shit. yeah it's weird it's bizarre so this is finally the point when they decide to not let the kids out at night yep <laughs> again finally what the hell um and they were generally more cautious because yeah I, like i wouldn't be going out at night Ew. all set with that um so various other like odd things um the shermans as well as some of their neighbors had reported seeing Strange animals that were not native to the area. Yep. Um, like exotic multicolored birds that don't right. exist in Utah. Um, and tall, dark beasts that resembled a Bigfoot. Yep. So this was just... And this, again, was not just the Shermans. This was... Neighbors had seen weird things like this as well. Um, they even at one point saw this like strange hyena-like creature attacking one of their horses. Mm-hmm. Slashing at them with the claws that they had. Like these giant scary claws it was like low to the ground heavily muscled mm-hmm. again everything's always muscular why is everything muscular um weighing like 200 pounds with curly red hair and a bushy tail yeah which is bizarre like Very they describe the tail as like a fox's tail yeah what the hell but it's not a fox it's not a fox <clears throat> um yeah tom approached the animal and it ran to skinwalker ridge and then just vanished before his eyes yeah um and yeah, they checked the horse and found all these claw marks on him. And I guess a few months later, a neighbor reported seeing a similar creature running across their property. A poor horse, man. I know. He's just I know, living his life. Yeah. The fuck. There's so much animal abuse in this whole story. It oh, yeah. It really irritates me. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a lot. So many animals get yeah, fucked up. It's terrible. Um, obviously, they saw strange lights. They saw flying objects. Um, apparently, one evening, they even said they saw more than a dozen mm-hmm. in one night. Um. Yeah, they says on many of the occasions they spied the UFOs, they also experienced the death or disappearance of some of their cows. Yep. Seven cows. Yeah. On various occasions, just mutilated in various ways. Yeah. Four just disappeared without a trace. Yep. And then three were either dead or partially mutilated. Yes. 
sucks. It's terrible. Like it, he described one of them as like it looked as if some like circular like instrument had just like plunged into the back of like like the the butt the of butt. this thing and oh, yeah. just like sucked all the insides out Ugh. and there was no blood so anywhere terrible. around it. Um but he also found this like weird little puddle of like this brown liquid. Mm. Touched the brown liquid and like felt it between his fingers and it was this like gel like like and he smelled it and there was like a chemical smell to it. Ugh, man. Um it almost sounds to me like it's some kind of like disinfectant or some kind of like medical yeah like chemical that's being used. And he went to go collect, like, get a container to collect a sample of it in, came back, and it had already evaporated. Damn. Um, I don't think I would be touching that. No. Personally, but. And he, a lot of, like, the cows that were mutilated, like, they didn't, they didn't decompose normally. Yeah. They would take, like, several more days to decompose than it normally would, given, like, the heat and humidity. Interesting. So it's almost as if, like, something, either, either, like, the energy of these uh, cow corpses is keeping things away or maybe this like weird chemical is just sterilizing it so that all of yeah. the normal breakdown can't happen. Yeah, to preserve it a little more. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was that particular cow, a six inch wide, 18 inch deep hole cored out of its rectum. Yeah. Jesus. That's like not something that an animal would do to another animal. <clears throat> no. Or no. even like have the capability of doing. Right. Um, like and yeah, no trace of blood. Like this is not, clearly not a... You know, oh shit, a coyote came on, like a fox, whatever. Right. There'd be blood everywhere. There'd be, it'd be like ragged tear marks. There'd be teeth marks. There'd be claw marks. Like, it wouldn't just be a clean surgical, like, circle that would, like, just cord the poor cow out. Right. Like, one of the cows had a hole in the center of its left eyeball while the other eye was untouched. Like, again, like a very clean hole. And one of the. Um, the last cow to be killed and mutilated had been seen alive by the son, Tad, just like five minutes earlier. Yeah. He, so he was going to collect like a, one of like the little calves had escaped. Yeah. So he was going to catch it and he's like chasing the calf and he sees this poor cow that had fallen into like a little ravine mm-hmm. and he's like, oh shit, like I'll fix or I'll like help that cow out after <laughs> I, after I catch this, <laughs> this calf goes, catches the calf, not more than 20 minutes had elapsed from when he saw the cow in the ravine to when he got back to it. Yeah. So within 20 minutes, the cow was dead. And he's like, what the fuck? And he goes and yeah. looks and it's been cored. Cored. In the same way. No blood. Yeah. No nothing. So in the space of 20 minutes. Some giant apple core just came in mm-hmm. and just destroyed this poor cow's rectum. They're always like, it's always like the the genitalia or like the like the rectum area. That's yeah. always what they take. And that's it's always what they cut out. Like What the hell, dudes? What, why are they only studying that? You know what I mean? They're perfect. Right. That's what's going on. Yeah. One of the cattle uh, seemed to just have been lifted from the snow. Yeah. Its hoof prints like led into a field and then just stopped. Very similar to the the bulletproof wolf. Yeah, exactly. Um, And the ground was littered with broken twigs and branches that, and the tops of the trees appeared to have been cut off. Yes. Interesting. As if something came down low and beamed them up. Grabbed it. Took it away. Yeah. Um, They said like the pastures would sometimes just light up at night. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and like the sounds of, uh, this also freaks me out. Sounds of heavy machinery could be heard that seemed to be operating under the earth. Yes. I don't like that at all. No. Like no part of that. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Do I like, again, I would never have gotten this far, no. but if I did get this far, that would be a tip off point for me of just like, yep. nope. Um, 
Yeah, again, the items disappearing, reappearing later. They heard strange disembodied voices, Mm -hmm. often speaking an unfamiliar language coming from above them. Yes. What the fuck? In, like, the air above them. I'm, like, so upset. Yes. By all of this. Um, Crop circles... They saw doorways appear in midair with light emerging from them. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk about those doorways. Okay? Yeah, let's so, talk about the doorways. So he described them as windows. So Tom mm. very mm. often would see what looked like an orange circle in the western sky. Yeah. Um, it was bigger than a harvest moon. It was like bigger than anything else. It would always be after the sunset. Um, so it would hover low over the cottonwood trees, about a mile away from him. So this orange circle. It looked either flattened or elongated. Um, it looked like an orange setting sun, kind of. Hmm. So one time, the sun had set, so it was dark. But he could see this orange, like this orange window hovering about a mile away above the trees. Yeah. So he's looking, and he grabs his like gun. It's looking through the scope, so he can <laughs> thought, look closer up. He's just gonna try <laughs> to shoot. shoot at it. Screw it. So he's he's using the scope to look at look through it. So keep in mind it's it's nighttime. So he's looking at this like window and he sees another sky within the window. Jesus Christ. So it's nighttime but within the window he sees day a, like a day sky. Jesus. So he sees like blue sky. <laughs> Just reminds me of the day man and the night man. <laughs> day sky. Yeah. Day sky, night sky. Um so he Tom felt like it, it was a, a tear or a hole in the sky a mile Jesus. away. Because it looked like there was depth to it. And as he moved, it would kind of like, it would shift perspective as if he was looking through a hole into another dimension or something. But like, for some reason, this is one of the few things that strikes me as like kind of nice. Yeah. Not, I mean, it wouldn't be if I saw it. No. But it's one of the few parts of the story that I'm like, oh. That'd be beautiful. Okay. Well, you think so. Yeah, but, so. so another time he was looking and it looked like a three-dimensional sort of like tube leading mm. away from him. Um, and he noticed a fast moving black object that was silhouetted, silhouetted perfectly against the bright orange background. The object was growing bigger and bigger and you could tell it was moving rapidly away from like towards him Yeah, through the tunnel that he was seeing. Shit. Um, within seconds, the vaguely triangular object had gained considerably in size and flew out of the hole in the sky Jesus. and then flew off and disappeared. Dang. So these black triangles that he's him and Ellen have seen came out of this window in the sky. Of course. So and there was a, another point where he noticed the the window and he's like, I'm gonna go drive and try to see if I can like get to it because it only looks like it's about like about a mile away. Damn, dude. So as he's driving down the road, he's noticing that at first he was looking at it and it looks like a perfect circle, and as he's driving, it turns into more of like an ellipse, and then he gets to a point where it just disappears altogether. Dang. So then he like reverses and he's going the opposite direction and it appears again and it's a, it's an ellipse and then it starts to become more circular so what he's seeing is a perfectly flat dimensional portal Dang. a perfectly flat something that these black triangles can fly out of that he sees several times him and ellen both see black triangles fly out of this thing jesus and this whatever this portal is is perfectly flat but an infinite dimension or universe yeah like i i can't even imagine what that would look like god damn so whatever this window is seems to be the the origin of all of this weird shit that's going on right um so the question is just like how did this get opened right why is it opened in this area 
Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That was a wild one. Yeah, that that freaks me out. <laughs> Again, seemed nice at first, and then you're like, wait a second. <laughs> let me. Nope. Let me tell you. JK. Um, so that brings us to the colored orbs. Yes. Again, the orbs that we're talking about are not what you might think of when you think of orbs, where it's like, I took a picture in a cemetery and there's like some white balls on the no. photo. These are orbs that they're seeing in IRL. Yep. Real life. Full three-dimensional orbs of light. Yeah. Balls. Specifically yellow, red, and blue orbs. Yep. Um, the strangest it were the blue ones, Tom said they gave off a crackling sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably the worst story, I think. Uh, yes. Yeah. So Ellen and Tom are chilling outside yep. at night. Mm-hmm. They see one of these blue orbs approach a horse, quote, spooking it mightily. Yep. Which, yeah. Um, the orb then came near the couple and it seemed to inspect them. Again, fitting the theme of like, right. I'm going to get close to you, see what you're up to, but like, then I'm going to leave. Um, later they said that it looked as if there were two blue fluids inside this they said it was like baseball sized yep. sphere um it came and went throughout the evening at one point they said they could like see it hover in the face of a cow mm-hmm. which i thought was like a kind of a good mental image too you yeah. like see the cow from the distance you can like see the like i almost am imagining like the cow's face lit up mm-hmm. by the brightness of this orb right um so as it started to leave like again i don't understand this couple no i hope they don't hear this right. i assume they're still alive Maybe. it wasn't very long ago right um, they coaxed their dogs to go chase it. Yes. Why the fuck, man? I don't know. I don't know. There are three dogs. Um, so these dogs chase and bark at the orb. They follow it into like this thick brush. Mm-hmm. And then they hear these dogs make terrible yelps. Yep. Like pained yelps. The unmistakable fear-filled yelps of dogs in mortal agony. Ugh. As terrible. describes. Terrible. He, Tom calls them. They didn't respond. Yep. And again, for whatever reason self-preservation decides not to go and look for them right then i'll wait until the morning despite the fact that like i like it's physically pains me to think of my dog mukau yelping in any situation oh god yeah if she yelps if i like if i step on her paw Mm -hmm. and she yelps i feel like you think about it for the next four days yeah it's the worst thing ever i'm like Mm -hmm. i'm the worst person Mm -hmm. let alone if she was like out in the night and i heard her yelp from a distance yeah all three oh. of his dogs. So this is three dogs that he three sent dogs. after these orbs. Yeah. So the, the dogs are like chasing after the orb. They're like jumping in the air, like snapping at it. And the orb is just very calmly, he said, seemed like it was calm, just avoiding their like their bites. Like yeah. It's just like kind of lifting up whenever it needs to and it's just kind of going. It's like, yep. it's like it was luring the dogs towards the trees or like behind the trees. Damn it. Then he hears the yelping. Yep. Next day. Goes in the morning. He goes. And instead of dogs... He finds three round, greasy lumps with what appeared to be a scorched spot. Yep. And he never saw the dogs again. So the dogs got vapor, not even vaporized. They got yeah. melted. Melted? I don't even. They so, they met their end. Yes. At the hands of this crazy orb. So these orbs, um, they were filled with like a a bubbling incandescent blue fluid. Yeah. Um. They whenever they would show up, if they came near the house. It would the the lights in the house would dim, <laughs> and it was almost as if it was like taking the energy from the house. Interesting. The lights would dim. The like appliances would shut off, and the closer it got to the house, the more dramatic the effect was. Sometimes it would just completely take all the power away from the house at all Damn. until it left, and then the power would kick right back on. Wow, it's very strange. They saw these orbs hmm. like a lot, a lot. Um, yeah, this was a common occurrence. There was even one time. So Ellen 
and Tom saw this orb together, which is when they first got like the first close up of it, um, where they saw that it was almost like a glass, a glass orb filled with this weird bubbling incandescent liquid. Mm. Um, so Ellen just instinctively shined a flashlight on it. And the orb just instantaneously darted away into the branches of a nearby tree and was gone. Whoa. Just left. Because she shined the light on it. Didn't like that. Didn't like that. Hmm. So I wonder, what it, what is it about a flashlight bulb that would scare whatever the fuck that is? Well, yeah, what? I don't even know how to classify that yeah. particular thing. The orbs always just kind of like bother the animals. They're always just kind of like floating around. They seem to me almost like they're like drones. Mm. Like they're under intelligent control. They have mentioned several times that these orbs seemed like they knew what was going on they were reacting intelligently to what was going on so it's almost like they were drones being sent by whatever is sending these black aircraft yeah and kind of like doing like reconnaissance or just generally doing the bidding of something else interesting so i don't think that the drones themselves are like cryptids or anything right they just seem like a weird piece of esoteric technology that we don't understand that is being controlled by this intelligence. Right. They don't seem to be alive. Especially describing them as looking like they looked like glass or whatever. Like they are not organic in any way. Exactly. Well. Yeah. Terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. So, yeah, we talked about the weird inscription. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Do you have any other bizarre encounters that you... Oh, I do. That you really like? So, speaking of skinwalkers. Yes. So, uh, some of this occurred on Skinwalker Ranch. Um, So, for example, um, this one um, tribal police officer, um, he was chased by a skinwalker. He thought it had grabbed onto his car door. Because it was keeping pace with him, mm. but in reality, it was running next to his car. That's Happened terrible. Happened to him on two different occasions. That's terrible. Um, <clears throat> another time, this so the, these experiences all happen in and around the area of Skinwalker Ranch. So some of it's not directly on Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. Um, so another one, so on a Navajo reservation in Arizona, um, this woman was a newspaper delivery woman. And she's making her rounds. She had her baby in her car with her. Um, She heard a scratching on the passenger door of her vehicle um, where her baby was. She Mm. heard the scratching on the side of the door. All of a sudden, the door flung open and she saw a horrifying form of a creature that she described as half man, half beast with glowing red eyes and a gnarly arm that was reaching for her child. No. She fought it off, pulled the door closed, pounded the gas and sped off. The creature ran alongside the car and continued to try to open the door, stayed with her until she screeched into an all-night convenience store, ran inside. When the, everybody came in, it was vanished. Damn. Dude, freaky. Skinwalkers are not to be messed with. No. Um, then, so this is maybe the creepiest skinwalker encounter that is in the book. This freaked me the hell out. <laughs> um, so this happened on Route 163 in the year 1983. Um, this was on another Navajo reservation. They were driving, this family was driving, four members of a family. Um, they felt that someone was following them. As the truck slowed to round a sharp bend, the atmosphere changed. Time itself seemed to slow down. Something leapt out of a roadside ditch at the vehicle. Shit. It was a black and hairy and was eye level with the cab of the truck. Whatever this thing was, it wore a man's clothes. 
It had a white and blue checked shirt on, long pants, and its arms were raised over its head, almost touching the top of the truck cab. Jesus. It looked like a hairy man or a hairy animal in a man's clothing, but it didn't look like an ape or anything like that. Its eyes were yellow and its mouth was open. God. Okay? So they see this thing jump out of them. Like, time slows down and they see this thing jump out at them. Yeah. Out of a um, ravine. So the, the dad was fucking terrified. And he was like a Vietnam vet. So he's, again, not easily shaken. Yeah. So drives off and they're like, wow, that seemed fucking strange. But they drive off. Everything, n- yeah. Nothing else happens. They like, go let's home. let just get out of here. Yeah. They go home to Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, a few days after they got home, they awoke to the sounds of loud drumming outside of their house. Um, they peered out the windows and they saw three dark forms, three men in quotation marks. The shadowy beings tried to climb the fence to enter the yard, but seemed inexplicably able to cross onto the property. Huh. Frustrated by the failed entry, the men began to chant in the darkness and the terrified family huddled inside the house. Dang. So whatever the skinwalker was that they saw on this Navajo reservation followed them home. That's awful. And these are this is a white family, and they were saying that it, it's interesting because normally skinwalkers only bother Native Americans because oh, Native Americans are aware of them. Mm. So there's a part of the skinwalker lore is that if you see a skinwalker in its transformed form, it has to kill you because you know who it is. Oh, dang. Um, that's not good. Yeah, so that's just fucking... I cannot imagine... No. Waking up to the sound of drumming. Nope. And then looking out your window and seeing three, like, half men, half... Like, whatever. Yeah. It, they weren't described as having drums. Right. So the sound of drumming is almost just, like, like just emanating from the universe around them. That's awful. And they were, like, chanting. And they're trying to get over your fence, but they can't. Which is interesting. It's almost like a um, like a, a vampire. Yeah. It has to be, like, invited onto your property. Which is just, it's yeah, it is terrible to think that they can follow you home. Mm-hmm. And then, again, like, these people weren't seemingly, like, exploring this part of the culture. They weren't even aware maybe that these creatures existed at all. Right. They weren't doing anything to like provoke it. Right. They might have just been in the wrong place at the wrong they were time. Just driving. Yeah. Just driving along. <sighs> and then you're followed home. Yep. And seemingly that's where that story ends, but that it's still the worst thing ever. Right. Yeah. It's terrifying. So the sort of the last little encounter that I want to talk about mm. um was so in June nineteen ninety six um, stories and rumors had begun circulating about the weird shit that was going on yeah. on Skinwalker Ranch. Um, and so there was some local attention. So one day, um, a vehicle started driving down the road and Tom and Ellen and his sons are like, oh, great. Like, here's some, like, looky-loo guy who wants yeah. to come down. Um, so there's a, a some blonde dude behind the wheel. So guy pulls up, comes out of the vehicle, and the guy's like, Hey man, I want to like, like meditate on your property. Like oh, yes. I've, I've heard about what's going on on the property. I, I want to meditate. Yep. Um, and like, kind of see if I can tap into whatever's going on. And Tom's like, you know, no nonsense kind of dude. He's like, no, yeah, fuck no you. Dude. You're not meditating on my property. No. But the guy basically like convinces him. So they're like, what? So Tom's like, okay, cool. Fuck yeah. It. Fuck it. What else do I got going on? They get in the truck. Tom's just driving. It's Tom, his son Tad, and the the guy who's who wants to meditate driving together. All of a sudden, after about a mile, the stranger's like, I want to meditate here, near a small pasture surrounded by trees. Hmm. So the guy gets out, walks to the middle of the open ground, about 100 yards from the tree line. Tom's with him, almost with him. He's kind of farther away. Um, And he, the man who's going to meditate, 
gets down into like a, a faintly religious gesture with his arms spread when his eyes closed and begins meditating. Huh. Tom's just watching like with his arms crossed like <laughs> this fucking guy. Just like, okay, dude. So while this guy's meditating, in the distance, Tom heard the sudden chime of a cowbell. And he was puzzled because none of his cows wear cowbells. Interesting. So the sound seemed to be coming from deep within the trees. Um, and then it started to come and it was slowly getting closer and closer from the trees. No. Or in the trees. Um, Tom looked in the trees and thought he could see a faint blur. Something that was moving really quickly between, between the trees, but he could not make out a shape. He knew it was big. And without warning... Something broke from the tree line and moved swiftly towards the meditating man. Tom still couldn't see what he was looking at, even though it was broad daylight. It was blurred as if it was hidden in the middle of a heat distortion. That is terrible. So it's this weird, almost invisible, blurry something making for the guy who's meditating. It was covering ground at an enormous speed. Tom noticed that the chimera was making a beeline for the blissful meditator, who was completely unaware of what was happening. Tom was about to yell, but then the shiver, shimmering wraith-like thing stopped just uh, just inches away from the meditator as it let out a deep-throated animal roar that echoed through the ranch. Dang. The roar sounded like a bear-lion hybrid, just loud, Jesus. guttural scream. The stranger leapt back about 10 feet and fell down, screaming, crying. And the creature departed for the tree line at the same speed, just gone. And so Tom could again just see like a faint blur, wa flickering wavy lines like pixelated blocks. God. And then it was just gone. What the hell? So the the dude was like terrified and was like, get me the fuck out of here. And yeah. basically just like got in his car and just drove. And He's was like, gone. bro, I told you. Never saw him again. Yeah. So. No way I would come back. Later on, Tom and his son watched the movie Predator. Oh, yeah. And they they saw, like, the weird camouflage thing that the Predator has where it's, like, almost invisible but not quite. And they're like, that's what we saw. Shit. That was it. Great. On top of everything else, there's also the Predator. The fucking Predator. Dude. So, and what's interesting about that story is that it was fully provoked by the meditating. Yeah. Like, it was it, this dude sitting down and, like, having whatever consciousness he was imparting on this area provoked that weird shimmering thing to yeah. come at him to be potentially angry potentially just wanting to scare him away right we don't really know because it didn't hurt him right it easily could have killed him could have killed him but it just wanted to scare him and make sure that he never came back yeah which it definitely did that yeah yeah so so basically that's the end of our episode one on yeah. skinwalker ranch yeah this is basically yeah the end of Two years or so of this family living here, yep. having all, like, tons and tons of, this is, you know, again, I think it's it's worth, like, even just after telling that to stress, like, these aren't even all of the encounters they had. No. Like, talking about them having dozens of UFO encounters, dozens yep. of, like, orb encounters, like, these are just some of the more prominent ones. Right. But, like, this is probably hundreds of weird things, whether it's, again, like, the voices, the crop circles, the cattle mutilation, yep. UFOs, <laughs> orbs, like, this is just happening all the time. Completely inexplicable. Um, so they kind of start to go public with some of this info, and that'll kind of lead into our second episode with yeah. what happens to the property after they're done with it. Right. Which, again, I'm fully impressed that they made yeah. it two years. It oh, yeah. had to have at least partly been 
just like morbid curiosity on their part yeah. of just like, let's see what else happens. Yeah, what the fuck is going on here? But again, how many stories do you hear about? I mean, obviously this is nowhere close to just like a classic haunted house situation, but like how right. many times do you hear about those situations starting off mm-hmm. small? You hear a little weird noise here and there. You Some weird things happen and then it like ramps up, especially mm-hmm. in the case of like where it's more than just a poltergeist and it's a demon. Right. Again, these are seemingly a whole mess of things that seem like they want to screw with them. Yeah. So I think it was brave on their part, maybe a little stupid, but also brave to stick around for so long because it's like, how did you know this wasn't going to escalate to the point of... Your death. Death. Yeah. Like, this could have been real bad. Yeah. But they stayed. They stayed. So the next episode, we're going to get into, so a, the National Institute... Diagnostic Science or something. It's it's NIDS. Something like that, yeah. They're a, a paranormal group. They come in and they're going to investigate the ranch. Mm. So what's interesting about Skinwalker Ranch is right now, everything we just described is all just essentially hearsay. Mm. It's just the family's own account that they yeah. told the author of this book, Colm Kelleher. They told him basically about it. Like, hey, this is what we this is what happened to us. Yeah. So it's all unsubstantiated. It's all unscientific. It's just, just personal accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of like chapter one of the Skinwalker Ranch story. The next episode is going to be once the uh, scientists show up and start trying to document what's going on and try to have scientific experiences with what's going on at Skinwalker Ranch. Exactly. Yeah. So that's going to be kind of cool. Again, Colm Kelleher and another journalist, George Knapp, are going to be there with the scientists as yes. like the two journalists allowed to be observing. Right. Um, so this book is written by both of these men from the perspective of like observers, but again of seeing these scientists come in and using scientific methods, trying Mm -hmm. to see if they can measure what the hell is going on. Right. Um, Because again, this is not a, you know, a family just saying they had one or two weird things. This is two years chock full of bizarre things. And this is not isolated in this one area. This, I mean, or it is, this one area, but this is not just this family that's experienced things. We right. have all these other UFO encounters, all these other sightings of orbs and, yeah. and just weird shit. And this skinwalkers. Whole geographic and, area of this basin. Yeah. Is just bizarre for some reason. So that'll be episode two coming next week will be all about the investigation. Yeah. Which is going to be cool. It is going to be cool. Yeah. I'm this, for that. this is cool. That's also going to be cool. And then we'll, we'll follow up. The third episode will be kind of our theories. Theories and what's going on with the ranch nowadays. Yeah. What's it up to? Right. So, Yeah. All right. Yeah. That was episode one of Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. Stick around for episode two. This has been unknowable. Unknowable. Love you.